Folks, we're live. Welcome to Dancers. This is the uh, this is the question and answer podcast of perhaps the century, perhaps the millennia. I think the internet is all about making bold claims. I think having a successful show is all about making bold claims. Do I believe the things that I'm saying right now? It doesn't matter. What matters is this is the best piece of media ever conceived by man and the third or fourth best conceived by animal. And that, that stipulation only exists because there are certain videos of cats doing fun things with other animals, sort of unlikely friendship compilations, that I simply can't compete with. Even in the fantasy world I am creating, where this is the best piece of media uh, of the 21st century, I still can't compete with cat videos, and I'm sorry about that. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan Donahue, your host. I'm going to go through some people's questions that they asked on my uh, on my social media pages, and uh, I'm going to answer their queries, their life questions, their musings, and it's going to be very fun. I, I like doing this podcast. I was just in beautiful, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada doing shows with my good friend, Will Sennett. And uh, I, the fun story, the fun takeaway from that, the show was great, Will was great, everything was awesome. Uh, and we're taking an Uber back from Caesars Palace and the Uber driver, we're staying at a place, let, let me just cue you in on where I am in my comedy career. Things are going great. Things are going better than I could have expected uh, a year or two ago. I am not at a point where I am staying at Caesar's Palace. I was put up very kindly by the people who produced the show that I was on, the stand-up comedy show. I was put up very kindly in a hotel. The hotel's name, oh, actually, I can't give you the hotel's name because I don't want to slander them and I will be back. But let's just say the hotel's name was... Massachusetts Pete's. It's a it's a name that would be similar to something like Massachusetts Pete's, okay? So it's off strip, right? It's kind of far away. We get in the Uber to go back to the hotel. And the guy in the Uber, he's this very handsome, like older, uh, I believe Mexican gentleman. He's driving a BMW. He's cool. And, uh, and he's like, oh, where are you guys staying? And we were like, oh, we're staying at Massachusetts Pete's. And he's like, Oh, you guys are going to score for sure. Mind you, we haven't mentioned anything about scoring. There was no scoring talk involved. This guy, and normally in a situation like this, it would be like creepy, right? Or, or the word creepy would be thrown around to this guy because his mind immediately goes to getting laid. But the purity of this guy's, his genuine seeming like love and enjoyment for going to a hotel casino and trying to get laid, it was it was earnest to the point of being endearing. And I, I did appreciate him. And we had a great time there in Vegas. If you want to see me live, I'm actually, I'm performing, uh, I have a headlining uh, set coming up in San Diego uh, at Mike Drop Comedy. You can get tickets on their website if you're interested. Enough of the boring stuff. Uh, thank you, people in the chat. Keep it up. Let's get going with the show because we got some good questions. This is the first one. First question I got is, uh, 
if a guy oh sorry that's the ring light if a guy isn't engaged in a convo you start in dms do you keep trying or just move on if a guy isn't engaged in your dm conversation do you keep trying or do you just move on this is a very important concept that i'm about to go over and it's something that's not spoken about enough in media in the united states it is the power of moving on there's not a lot to be said about the power of moving on there's a ton that's out there about the power of perseverance and listen perseverance has its place right perseverance has its place and it's a good quality but you know what else is a good quality sometimes dare i say a better quality the ability to realize when something ain't working, picking up your chips and leaving the table, okay? Because I think a lot of the psychosis that we have in the United States, which that is the best way to describe it, people's crypto schemes, people's, uh, you know, fraudulent uh, gambling website activity, it can all sort of be traced back to one thing. And that one thing it can be traced back in is a overcommitment to perseverance. And this person, I believe, might be suffering from a bit of this. So let me alleviate the suffering in a way. You should not persevere in this situation. In fact, gumption is the last thing that should be on your mind. Grit, get rid of it. You pick up your chips and you walk away because there's power in that, okay? Every movie is always a guy who's like trying to be the best basketball player in the world or something. Let's, let's just use that as an example. A guy, and let's just say, because it's Hollywood, it's like, a, it's like a, a five foot five white guy. And, but he loves basketball. In the Hollywood version of this, he tries really hard, he grits it out, and eventually, he, through hard work and determination, he makes it to the varsity level of his high school's basketball team, right? And we would eat that up because we love it. We love perseverance. We love, you know what a better story is? Five foot five white guy trying to be good at basketball. Within the first three minutes, he realizes he is not good at it. And he does something else. He, I don't know, starts a small business. He picks up curling. These are all options for a much better, more realistic movie where you have to, get, and say it with me, you gotta drop it sometimes. You gotta drop it. Because when you take perseverance to its logical conclusion, if you take it to its maximum, what do you have? That is right. You have a restraining order. Don't persevere to that level. Gumption is great don't have the level of gumption that's gonna get you in front of a circuit court judge where you will be handed a paper and now you're not allowed to hang out at the same place as you were before okay you don't want that for yourself i don't want that for you so let's drop perseverance and let's get to a nice wholesome middle ground of figuring it out maybe by persevering and maybe by backing off. Now that's never going to be a that's never going to be a bestseller self-help book. The power of 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 backing off. The power of 
just not going for it. Don't go. That would be the name of this book. It would be Don't Go For It, the Dan Donahue manual of how to just chill out and enjoy what you have. Great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, working in customer service and need tips for getting rid of people who talk a lot or are very angry. First of all, I would like to commend you because if you work in customer service and people are very angry at you, it usually means that you're doing the bare minimum at your job, which is good, which is good, which is good for you. You've gamed the system to a degree. I'm, I'm obviously kidding. People will be mad at you in customer service. You are the most perfect, most eloquent, most well-equipped per because I've said this before about people. Uh, a lot of the times uh, in Los Angeles, I've worked customer service in Los Angeles, rich people have a, a there's a heat seek, there's a heat seeking quality to rich people where they find people who are making minimum wage and they go, here is someone I can talk down to. Finally, I'm so tired of yelling back and forth with my wife who I, uh, I pay for a bunch of clothes that she didn't even ask for. And then somehow I end up resenting her, right? That's, that's just, that's just a part of this, right? That's just a part of the city. It's part of the charm of the city. Just like uh, the, there's the Walk of Fame. And then there's uh, people who generally drive some form of foreign automobile that get angry at customer service representatives for breathing. Okay? Now you've asked, uh, do I have tips of how to get rid of people who talk a lot or who are very angry? It's it's not it's not as simple as you make it out because those are two different. If if you have a person who talks a lot, easy easy solution. You fight fire with fire, okay? If you have a person who talks a lot, you fight fire with fire. Before they even start with you, you the, the issue is, I don't know if you guys know this, but in most fist fights, most street fights, not that I'm an expert, but I do know this: the person who throws the first punch almost always wins, okay? That is a principle of street fight. You could ask people who work in the security industry at bars or restaurants or whatever, they will tell you. The person who throws the first punch usually wins the fight. You have to throw the first punch conversationally, all right? Because those people, some people can come at you, they'll jackhammer you. They'll go, I want to talk about chakras. You know what I mean? I want to talk about uh, politics. You gotta, and where do you take it? I want you to take it to something that you have a strange amount of very specific knowledge of that is opposed to what they talk about. So I used to work at a meditation center, right? I worked customer service there. People would come up and they would ear beat me about like their new favorite form of meditation, their new favorite kombucha that costs $25 per single ounce. I would control, so when they came in, they would be like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And they think they think I'm gonna say, "Good, how are you?" That's not what I'm gonna say, okay? If someone talks too much and I want to get, I would say, "Oh, great, man! I just saw the fights last night. Just saw the fights. Very, very exciting. Cyril gone versus Tai Tuivasa. What a fireworks show! What a display of sheer technical ability and brute force. So great. I mean, Tai lost, but really." There was only uh, one outcome, and that was a win for the fans. By the time I get to that point, they have walked away from the desk. Okay? You control the narrative. 
Say it with me. You, if, if someone talks too much at you, and people talk at us all the time, you fight fire with fire. The second thing you ask is when someone's angry at you. That's a different story. That's a much more different, difficult thing. Um, let me tell you a story, and maybe this will help. At the meditation center, we have this rule where five, five minutes after uh, the start time of the class, like once the door is closed, which the teacher would do, the teacher would close the door, no one is allowed in. There is no more admittance. They were very clear on that. They would check the cameras. They would make sure. Um, and the, this one time, like it was a full class, the door closed. And as soon as the door closed, a woman came through the front door and was like, no, 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 no. I, I have to. And I was like, I'm so sorry. It's the rule. My, it's my job. It's in jeopardy. If I don't follow this rule, I promise you I can't do anything about it. And she hit me with everything, which I empathize with, right? It sucked. I didn't feel good doing it. But she was like, I came all the way from Bible. But then she went to this level of, like, anger towards me that was certainly unwarranted. She goes, I can't believe you would do this. Like, wh like why, why are you, you – you're just trying to and, – and what I said to her was I told her exactly how much I made at that job which was I think 1350 an hour no tips 1350 an hour no tips and it helped it helped cuz she was she was yelling at she was giving me a salary level of yelling but I had to let her know I'm going to be doing a minimum wage level of work here and she really met me in the middle there Okay, she was yelling at me like I had a 401k. I had to let her know I you you got you got ramen ears here. All right, you're being listened to with uh with sodium overdose ears right now, and it did it relaxed her. So be creative, right? Be creative. And I'm sorry you work customer service. It's one of the it's one of those jobs where I've rarely heard someone say I love working customer service. Oh, Leah. Leah, I just saw your question in the chat. I love this question. We're going to throw a question that's in the chat into the show here because I can do whatever I want. This is my – no one's paying for this. I can guarantee you that. Leah said, love your work. Thank you so much, Leah. I wouldn't call it work. I would call it play. Ugh, that's the most annoying thing I've ever said. Uh, your question is, should I bite the bullet and give up on my indoor plants? Oh, Leah, if only you could see. If only you could see the horrors that are uh, the hanging plant that I have in my room that I'll, I'll get around to watering. It is, it is on its last legs. It is horror. I mean, if a plant could talk, mine would be chain smoking right now. If a plant could talk, mine would be in therapy. Mine would be in like Al-Anon meetings right now. My, my plant would would be going absolutely nuts over the level of mistreatment it has suffered at my hands. I would say no, though, and here's, here's why. I think everything in uh, our lives can influence other people on how to think of us. And if you have beautiful, luscious, vibrant plants in your house, that's a great thing because it shows you have the quality of nurturing and respect. And what people don't understand is if you have a, a dying plant, 
people will realize that you can live in sustained suffering for a very long time. And you don't give up no matter how much people say you should. All right, that gets back to the perseverance thing. It's a quality many people respect. All right, keep that in mind. So I say no, never give up on your plan. Even if it's just a pile of dirt, keep watering it, okay? That's what I say. Um, all right, let's go to the next question. Oh, this is a good one. Um, let me, sorry, hold it up. How do I talk to my bouldering crush? Should I fake an injury? First of all, it's great that you have a bouldering crush, you know? I mean, bouldering gyms, boy, those are some steamy. It's like, uh, it's like, the, it's like a place filled with the sexiest spider monkeys you've ever seen in your entire life. A bouldering gym is just stink and sinew. It's a lovely, lovely place. I love a nice, I never love a nice, beautiful bouldering gym. It's a place where, I mean, if you're, if you're sexually attracted to the latissimus dorsi muscle, I think that's how you pronounce it, a bouldering gym is, uh, is sort of like your, your bathhouse. Do you know what I mean? So I can understand getting a crush at a bouldering gym, right? If you love, if you love uh, men who live in vans, a bouldering gym is one of the most sexual places you can possibly be. If you, uh, if you love women who could either shower or not shower, it's whatever. A bouldering gym is one of the most beautiful places in the world that you could go to. So I understand why you have a crush from your bouldering gym. Let's answer your question, though. Should you fake an injury? That is, uh, that is funny, but it's not enough, okay? If you want somebody to, uh, to take notice of you, getting injured at a bouldering gym is not going to do it. Why? Because it doesn't stand out. People get injured in bouldering gyms all the time. You're going to need to get specific, right, if you are going to pull this off. So at bouldering gyms, generally people will have little bags of chalk. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get near, you, you're going to practice this at home a few times, right? Because you're going to need a mannequin, you're going to need a bag of chalk, you're going to need a lot of chalk. Here's what you do. I want you to practice tripping, right? You practice trip like, whoa. I want you to somehow, either you're holding the chalk or the chalk is on your waistband and you trick in a, trip in a very athletic way, fall down in front of them and get the chalk all over their, their face. I'm talking like, like a, a dirty fighter blowing sand into the face of his opponent. That's what we're doing here. Why? Because we want to stand out. This guy's seen a thousand people get injured in this gym. You know what he hasn't seen? The chalk flying at him at 45 miles an hour and hitting him directly in the iris. All right? He's never seen that. You're going to stand out to him. You put him in the position of little baby that needs to be nurtured. You go right up to him. You start pouring water into his eyes to get the chalk out. He'll be confused and disoriented at this point. That's where you want him, man. You want him weak, all right? You pour the water in his eyes. He goes, oh, my God, what happened? You go, oh, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I tripped. I, and you know what? You should probably add something to that, too. Maybe... Maybe if he's in pain, just be like, okay, if you're in pain, grab onto my lap. 
just just hold on to my lat and then that's that's how you get there it is that's how you get it you say oh my god you, you must be so hurt here grab onto my lat real quick and when he grabs onto your lat he'll be like hopefully he'll be like oh that's a that's a strong lat and you're in and you're in you're just in right there okay that's what one of my neighbors uh once a night for some reason makes a noise like a chair creaking across his entire apartment and that's what makes him happy so i'm not going to question him we got another question in the chat i'm having dinner with my first boyfriend from high school whoa intense huh intense you're having dinner with your first boyfriend from high school you haven't seen him in 25 years any advice oh man i mean i if if i were you I would just start the interaction by going, I do not stand by anything I was doing in high school. I don't, specifically the style choices I made and the things I watched and listened to, I do not stand, just start on that footing. Start on the footing of, isn't everything we did back then stupid? Because I think that's a powerful place to start. I think that's a good place to start from. That's a great, that's a great, great question. I like that idea. All right, we're going to go to some more questions here. Oh, okay. Here we go. How do I stop sleeping with this POS that ignores me unless he wants to bang? Great S-E-X, though. How do you stop? Well, you know, how do you stop is such an interesting question because... This is clearly something that at a certain level you want. So you're in a battle with your own desire. One of the most difficult battles to wage. I think many people in the chat will attest to this. It's very hard. So there's two things you can do. One is maybe reframe. Maybe go, maybe go okay, well, this person clearly doesn't want to pursue anything with me serious relationship-wise, right? So maybe reframe and go, okay, well, maybe I get physical enjoyment from this relationship, but not emotional enjoyment from your relationship. That's fine. And that's where we find ourselves sometimes. And maybe that'll be worth it to you. But if you want to stop, I would say, okay, here's what you do. Tell this person your phone's broken. And the only way you can communicate with them is through pigeon. All right? I know this sounds a little crazy. But... Sometimes when we want to stop something, when we want to quit something, we need to put barriers between us and them. We need to put barriers in between uh, the thing that we don't want to do and ourselves, right? Smokers will often put their cigarettes in the other room, and then by the time they go to the other room, they've come to their senses. But I think that your state is a little bit more heightened. We're going to have to do a little bit more. So you're going to, again, you're going to get... Say you can't message him anymore with your phone. Maybe break your phone completely. I would say perhaps, let's go Amish with this. Break your phone completely, all right? So no more phone. No more laptop. Let's get rid of the laptop. That's it. That's it. Get rid of the phone. Get rid of the laptop. That way, the only way you can communicate with this person is what? That's right. Going to your public library and emailing him, okay? Now, this is going to do a few things. Number one, and most importantly, is going to stop you from messaging this person late at night or, listen, or reading their messages from late at night, okay? 
Why? Because the library closes usually sometime around five. Boom, that problem's gone. You're going to be more clear-headed by the time you get to the computer because you've had to put your coat on, you've had to walk to the library, you've had to walk into the library, you've had to fight through the mystery smells that usually exist in the library, which I personally love, other people don't like. You're going to have to go to the computer, you're going to have to log on to the computer, right? So we've put some steps in between where in the back of your head you're going to start going, eh, do I even want this? And number three, and this is a fun one, you're going to be uh, presented with alternative options. Do you want to have sex with this person or do you want to read Super Fudge, okay? Now having sex with this person, it could go well, it could go bad, you never know with that, but we always know Super Fudge is there, don't we? Don't, isn't there a part of you that feels as though Super Fudge is, if not on par with sex, something nice that you could do, right? You could, uh, what are other things you can do in the library? You can take a little nap. You can read magazines no one has touched for 25 years. You can, uh, you can talk to a librarian. He's strange, uh, beautiful, and yet, uh, oddly scary group of people that I, uh, both admire and respect much like a person who has mastered a martial art. That's how I feel about librarians personally. So I would say, yes, put some distance between your phone and uh, this person. And I think that that's the best way to go. Oh, this is a good question. Let's end on this one. Let's end on a chat question because I love the chat questions. Does Dan have advice for crippling anxiety? Yes, I do. But I have questions about the crippling anxiety. I'll, I'll answer accordingly to the different kinds. I've been anxious many times. I've had to uh, get over my anxiety to a level for stand-up. But I know other people's anxiety doesn't manifest that way. Other people's anxiety isn't something that they can really you know, push through. I empathize with that great, greatly and I understand it. I think sometimes we need to reframe things in our mind so it's not our outward world that needs to change it's our inward world that needs to change i find a lot of my friends with anxiety and mind you i'm not making a blanket term a blanket statement about anxiety i think some people have like medical level anxiety that's certainly something that's very different than what i'm talking about okay so but the anxiety i'm speaking of it's like a manageable kind of anxiety that is exhibited like by a lot of people where they are incredibly critical and introspective people, right? That's, that's how I see it. They're incredibly critical of themselves. They're incredibly introspective. And when it comes to social interactions, where someone who is like maybe less critical and less introspective would walk away from it going, like not even thinking about it, they break the conversation down. They break the thing down. They're like, does that person like me? Does they not like me? Was it stupid that I said this? I shouldn't even go out anymore, and it kind of spirals from there. What you need to do if that's the case is you need to reframe what a successful social interaction is. In a way, they say jazz is about the notes you don't play. I would like to say conversation is about the faux pas you don't make. If you make it through a conversation with another person and you don't loudly and audibly fart, Congratulations, 
you have had a successful interaction. Start getting things like this in your head. If you have had a conversation with a person and uh, you didn't accidentally make a your mom joke and then find out that their mom has, uh, has been deceased for the last six months, you had a positive social interaction. I want you to start reframing conversations and think about the faux pas you didn't make. Did you walk away from a conversation with a waiter where they said, enjoy your food, and you didn't say, uh, you too? Did that happen? No, that's right, because that never happens. You always say you too. Do you wanna know why you always say you too? Because conversation is about rhythm. It's not about words, it's about rhythm. Get that in your head. Sometimes people will try holding me accountable for things that I say. Guess what, asshole? I'm keeping with the rhythm of this conversation. This is a mood thing, okay? This is a, this is, <laughs> this is the weirdest rant of all time. This is not about me saying your name right. This is about me, we're going pa pa da 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 pa pa. And I'm carrying the rhythm and you're not doing that. And that's your fault. Okay, I'm sorry. I was said I was going to end with that one, but th this is a fun one. We'll go a little bit long tonight, okay? Does Dan have any advice for SPED teachers working with middle school boys? That is when I was in, uh, I, I had to go to a, a school that catered more to special needs kids when I was in middle school, so uh, I do have a perspective on this. They have zero control over their mouths. I jump between laughing and crying. That's the hard part, isn't it? Is the, how funny it is. It's so funny. I mean, when kids swear, there's no getting away from it. I remember I, I worked at this uh, summer camp, and there were these, like, kids that came. I mean, the word that was used at the time, which might not be appropriate, is, like, they came from troubled households, right? And they would swear, but they still have kid voices. And it's like, it, but you can't let them know how funny it is. That It's a tough spot to be in, right? I really don't have, as far as things that I don't have advice on, it's funny because this is the thing I have the most perspective on. I was a middle school kid. You just got to let the fire burn out. I mean, you're not wrangling that in for nothing, okay? You just got to kind of, that that's the, that's the level you're working with, okay? That's the level you're working with. I When I was in special ed class, I mean, they had me in a group. This was in high school. I was a freshman in high school. Uh, they had me in a group with uh, two other kids who were in uh, playing football, which, oh, I wonder if those things were connected. And uh, they would just hit on the teacher the entire time. And I know this now. I didn't know this back then. The teacher had to definitely fight the urge to be like, guys, I mean, if I was going to have a relationship with a student, don't you think it would be with one who I'm not teaching how to read? But... You know, we were all we were all in there for a reason, and we didn't understand anything. So you have a very hard job, and I really respect your job. And part of that job is going to be letting middle school boys say the most horrible – well, not letting them, but hearing them say the most horrible things ever and then acting as accordingly as possible. Okay. Oh, here's another one. All right. Yeah, let's go long. Screw it. Let, you know what? We got a long one. Let's do a long episode, all right? I I don't know why I keep it to 30 minutes every single time. 
I'm not under a restraint. Let's do it. Stormy says, about two years ago, I moved from my small hometown to a large city. Been there. A few states away, I've noticed I've become a hermit the longer I've been here. I find myself overwhelmed that I'm in a different place, knowing no one. It's to the point where I find myself getting anxiety to do basic things now. How do I overcome this? I know I am so much, uh, sorry, I know I am so much more than anxiety, but it troubles me when I find myself just randomly shaking and getting sensory overload at the grocery store. As this is not something I've experienced back home. So it seems like this is, uh, this has started and, uh, I mean, isolation and the feeling of isolation, it's a real tough thing to deal with. It's a real hard one because it's something that we haven't really found a cure for other than hanging around people. And you can't just be like, oh, okay, I will just make friendship happen. Doesn't work like that. I would say when you move to the city, uh, my question would be, is it some, is it, did you move to the city for something specific? And if so, are you currently pursuing that? And uh, I think that, like, this is just from personal experience. I had the same experience when I moved to Los Angeles. I moved here with uh, no no friends here, really. No plans. My, uh, my cousin lived here, and she had a job that I could do in a factory and an apartment I could live in for a few months. And I was like, get me over there. But I had stand-up comedy, and doing open mics and stuff was how I like met my first people and stuff. So I, I would say, if you don't have something like that, now's the time to pursue it. Here's the thing: is like these like low moments in our lives. I know this sounds corny, but I, I'll, I'll explain it. it. It is an opportunity, and it's an opportunity because it's like you need to. If, if you're getting sensory overload in the grocery store, and this isn't something that happened before. I think, A, like maybe seeing a professional about it would be a good idea. Like seeing someone that you can talk to about it would be great. But, it, I mean, in the short term and aside from that, I think also it's just like finding – yeah, like like finding something that you're passionate about. And it's like I, I had – when I was in like a really, really low point, that's when I kind of found comedy. And I think I did it because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to like – I'm not thinking about my career right now. I just need to do something so I don't go crazy. And then I started doing stand-up. So finding something akin to that is my only advice just because that's the only thing I've gone through. But, yeah, talk to people. And, uh, you know, like not the people who live next door to you because that can go really bad. But, like, talk to, like, a professional – not, like, a professional skier. I also – I love I love how people always say uh, – talk to uh talk to a professional and they never say a professional what usually because they don't know but it's just like all right i'll talk to a professional boxer <laughs> talk to a professional boxer that is i hope that was insightful anyway i gotta go thank you all for watching if you enjoy uh the show and you want to support follow or subscribe to the youtube watch these on youtube um i really appreciate it and Come see me March 8th at Mic Drop Comedy in San Diego. It's going to be a really fun show. And uh, thank you all for coming. I appreciate you. Have a good one.